You're listening to a sermon from Darabin Presbyterian Church. Visit us online for more resources or to get in touch. Today's Bible reading comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate by this gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus uses this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me shall be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that all may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know the sheep and my sheep know me, just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They will too listen to my voice, and there should be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down of my own accord, and I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Hi there, DPC. It's great to be back for another sermon. I'm recording on Thursday afternoon and it's been a beautiful day today. Perhaps some of you enjoyed it, Uh, but it's a bit windy at the moment, so hopefully there are not too many weird kind of garage roof noises while I'm recording. As we come to think about God's Word, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Uh, We thank you for your Word and we pray that you'd speak to us clearly, uh, powerfully, for our good and for your glory. Amen. What do Christians and seagulls have in common? They both come in flocks. Now, I don't know if that qualifies as a dad joke, but since it's Father's Day, I think it's okay to start our sermon with a bad joke. And in fact, you might not even think it's a joke at all. You might be wondering, what do I mean Christians come in flocks? Well, I was thinking about collective nouns this week. You know, words we use to describe a group of people or animals or objects like a caravan of camels, or a fleet of cars. There are some weird ones you might know, like a murder of crows or a ring of jewellers. One of my favourites is an armoury of aardvarks. It's a great one. So I was thinking about what the collective noun for Christians might be. Maybe we could go with a church of Christians or a congregation of Christians. That's a bit predictable, not particularly inspiring, is it? And that's why I think 
a flock of Christians is a much better idea. And I don't mean a flock like birds, but rather a flock like sheep. You may not realize this, but God's people are often described as sheep throughout the Bible. And one of God's greatest, deepest desires is to gather us as a flock under the loving care of his shepherd. That's what we're going to look at today. I want to start by showing you that we are all like sheep in need of a spiritual shepherd. Sheep are one of the most common animals in the Bible, and many of the heroes of the faith spent time tending flocks. So it makes sense that God would speak about humans as being like sheep. There are lots of places in the Bible that God does this, the most famous being Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. Jesus was particularly fond of speaking about humans as sheep. And the greatest example is probably John chapter 10, which is where our focus will be today. By this point in John's book, Jesus had a few run-ins with the Pharisees who considered themselves to be the spiritual leaders of Israel. He claims that rather than helping the Jews, they were hindering them. Jesus illustrates this by speaking about a sheep pen. So if you've got a Bible handy or if you're on the welcome card, I want you to look at John 10, verses 1 to 5. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. In ancient Israel, shepherds would sometimes have small flocks of sheep. And so for protection at night, they would take them to a sheep pen, kind of like a communal sheep pen, and put them in with other flocks. A watchman, would then, a watchman would then stand guard. In the morning, the watchman would only open the gate for shepherds. Anyone else would have to try and sneak in over the wall. They were thieves and robbers. A shepherd would then stand at the open gate and call his sheep out by name. His own sheep would come out because they knew his voice and would follow him. And so in this way, the, the different flocks would be sorted out from each other. What Jesus is getting at here is that people are like sheep and they need a shepherd. And it's no accident that Jesus speaks of people's being like sheep because, to be honest, we have a lot in common with them when it comes to our spiritual nature. First of all, we are spiritually dependent. Sheep are needy creatures. Without a shepherd, they will struggle to find food and water. They're stubborn and stupid are seen by the way they so easily get hurt or will wander everywhere except where they're supposed to go. Apparently, if a sheep falls on its back, it can have great trouble getting upright again, particularly if it has a large fleece. Without help, a sheep in that situation may just simply die. Now, I realise it might seem a bit ironic for me to speak about sheep, since it was only in last week's sermon I lamented the fact that I was a city kid who grew up in the country. 
Well, yes, I didn't live on a farm and I didn't have much to do with farm animals. But you don't actually need to spend much time watching sheep before you realise how dependent they are. And it's the same for humans. You don't have to spend much time with people before you realise how spiritually dependent they are. We do things that harm ourselves without even realising. We wreck relationships, we starve ourselves of healthy spiritual input, and we think we know best. The second way we are like sheep is that we easily stray. You know, sheep will follow each other into danger. They ignore the shepherd or the farmer and they just keep going the wrong way. We too wander away from the right path. You know, God has clearly laid out how we should live our lives, but we get off track so easily. We give in to temptations and distractions or we simply wander off because we think we can find a better path. Also, we are easily distracted and are quick to follow others. Picture it like this. Someone says something horrible online and they get a whole bunch of followers, which reinforces that horrible behavior. And like sheep, we follow this person and look around and say, well, everyone else is following them, so they must be doing the right thing. And that person looks at all the people following them and thinks, well, I must be on the right track because everyone else is following me. And we just kind of wander off together down the wrong path. The, the prophet Isaiah summed it up best in chapter 53 of his book. You'll probably recognize verse 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Our spiritual condition is that we are like wandering sheep. So what does God do? He sends a saviour to bring us back. You know how the rest of the verse goes. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Speaking about Jesus, he is the good shepherd that you need. And that's our next major point in our outline today. As we keep working through John chapter 10, I want to now turn to using the pronoun you. We are sheep, we are a flock, but I want you to, I want you to each individually hear me. You need to personally follow Jesus. So let's explore together the benefits of having Jesus as your shepherd. And we'll start with how he gives you abundant life. Please check out verses 7 through to 10. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So is Jesus the shepherd or the gate? Well, he's probably thinking of a different type of sheep pen now. Out in the countryside where a shepherd might be on his own, perhaps he'd build a small pen for the evenings. He would call his sheep in and then he would lay across the entrance to protect them. Any thieves would have to go through him first. He was the gate. The key in this passage, in these verses, is that if you want to enjoy the rich pastures of grass, you need to go through Jesus. He opens the way to abundant life. And he offers security too. That's what he means by saying that the sheep can come in and go out. You know, there's rest in the sheep pen 
and then food and blessings outside of the sheep pen. There's complete safety and security. It's a sheep's paradise. That's why Jesus says that he's come to give his sheep life to the full. It's the abundant life. This is a life that we have if we follow Jesus as our shepherd. Jesus goes on to explain how it is that he makes his people safe. He saves his sheep by laying down his life. Check out verses 11 to 13. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters them. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. We face danger. We face death, sin, the devil. These are like a wolf that comes to destroy our soul. And Jesus is the good shepherd who steps in front of us and takes the full brunt of their force. He died to save us. And down in verse 17, you can see that he lays down his life only to take it up again. This makes it clear that he's speaking of his death on the cross, which was followed by his resurrection to everlasting life. We know from elsewhere in the Bible, though, that we aren't just victims like the sheep in this parable. We are rebellious sheep who wander off and fall into deadly peril. And it's our own fault. Our sins have to be paid for, which is what Jesus also does in the laying down of his life. Therefore, if you've put your faith in the death of Jesus, then you've been saved from the judgment to come. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, then I urge you to do so because you can't protect yourself from the wolves. And as we move on, we see that not only are you saved, but you are known. Jesus knows you personally. Check out verses 14 and 15. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus knows his sheep. He knows you. He knows your name. And so he calls you by name. And he knows your needs, which is another reason why he's a good shepherd. A good shepherd knows when a sheep is injured and he will bandage it. A good shepherd knows when a sheep is lagging behind and he will carry it. A good shepherd knows when a sheep is in danger and he will protect it. Jesus is your good shepherd and he knows what you need. And his knowledge is a deep, personal one. He says it's the same sort of knowledge that God the Father and God the Son have of each other. Deep down, we all want to be known, don't we? We want someone who gets us, who appreciates us. We want that deep connection. Jesus knows us that way. He's a true friend. Yet we also feel a bit uncomfortable about that sort of intimacy. We shy away because we don't want people to know our deep, dark, dark secrets. But consider this. Jesus knows your deepest, darkest secrets, and yet he still died for you. Jesus knows your failings and weakness, and yet he still loves you. 
Jesus knows your foolishness and your stubbornness, and yet he still persists in nourishing you and calling you to himself. What a wonderful shepherd he is. The next thing Jesus teaches you about his role as your shepherd is that he joins you to his flock. Have a look at verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The sheep pen referred to here is Israel, God's old covenant people. And Jesus stands at the gate and he calls his people out. Those who belong to his flock hear his voice and they follow him. Not all of Israel are part of Jesus' flock, and that's why many rejected him. But Jesus also has members of his flock outside of Israel, people like us. And so he calls his people out of the sheep pen of atheism, out of the pen of Islam, out of the pen of superstition, out of the pen of Marxism, out of the pen of secularism, out of the pen of materialism. There is only one flock of God and we join it by entrusting ourselves to Jesus the shepherd. We hear his voice and we follow him. And then he leads us into the abundant life of the kingdom. Listen to how the Apostle Peter describes it in his first letter. This is chapter 2, verse 25. And you'll notice that he had Isaiah 53, verse 6 in the back of his mind. For you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He is the great spiritual shepherd who oversees your very soul. And he shepherds you daily. Have a look at verses 27 to 29 of chapter 10. This is a conversation that took place on a different day to the earlier parts of the chapter. But Jesus again speaks of his followers as sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. You are safe and secure in the hands of God the Son and God the Father, which means Jesus can get on with shepherding your soul. You you may have your ups and downs, your times of feeling distant from God, but these all take place within the hands of God, within the flock of Christ. In Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21, refer to Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep who works in you so that you can grow. To understand Jesus' daily care, it can be helpful to think of different types of sheep in the flock. If you did gospel community leader training or deacon training with me last year, then this image will be familiar. There are four types of sheep we can think about. Sick sheep, sad sheep, wounded sheep, and wandering sheep. Now, I'm sure you could probably think of more, and maybe you could come up with better names than that, but let's just work with this. Jesus heals the sick sheep today. Now, we know that full healing is not guaranteed in this life, and we have to wait for the new creation to have perfect bodies. However, I think we shouldn't ignore the fact that Jesus can and does bring some healing in this life. Just as a shepherd will bandage up a broken leg or give medicine to an ill sheep, so too Jesus brings healing. I was reminded of this during the week when my son 
Toby saw one of his specialists at the children's hospital. He has spina bifida, which can bring all sorts of complications in life. But the specialist kept marvelling at how well Toby is doing. He simply couldn't believe it. But Tracy and I can, because we know that God's people prayed for Toby, even before he was born. And our good shepherd has given him at least some healing. So you can and should pray for healing when you're sick. And then be at peace with whatever Jesus decides to do for you, knowing that he is still shepherding you, even in the midst of long-term suffering. Jesus also comforts the sad sheep. He knows what it's like to grieve, to be disappointed, to be rejected. When you are depressed or lonely, Jesus shepherds you by bringing you comfort. Now, I don't know if real sheep get sad, but I'm sure a shepherd would care for any that did. Jesus restores our soul and reminds you of his good promises. Jesus strengthens the wounded sheep. You might have been hurt by the words and actions of other people. You might be angry or bitter. You could be weakened by the effects of your own sinful or foolish actions or simply just by living in a fallen world where our bodies just go wrong. When a sheep gets tangled in barbed wire or attacked by a wolf, the shepherd will help them and strengthen them. Jesus invites all who are weary and burdened to come to him and find rest in him. And this is so that he can get you back on your feet, walking under his care and support. Jesus warns the wandering sheep. The shepherd has a staff to help and rescue the sheep, but he also has a rod to keep them in line. You will have times in your life where you push back against Jesus, where you want to seek out other pastures away from your Lord. But Jesus loves you too much to just leave you alone. Instead, he will seek you out and bring you back. This can be painful because let's face it, we can all be stubborn and proud, a bit like sheep. None of us like being told we are wrong. But Jesus is a good shepherd, and so he warns you when you wander. Jesus is the good shepherd who gathers believers into his flock so that we might be cared for by him. Let me say that again. Jesus is the good shepherd who gathers believers into his flock so that we might be cared for by him. It's a wonderful blessing and shows how much God loves us. But how exactly does Jesus shepherd us today? And by what means? Well, he cares for his flock through his word and spirit, through his under-shepherds and through his flock. We don't have our shepherd physically with us, and so it can be hard to be aware of his ministry. It can be hard to know where to turn to receive it. Well, what we learn from Jesus himself is that he cares for us through his word and through his spirit. I'll give an example. Listen to Mark chapter 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. You see, Jesus sees a large crowd that needs shepherding. And if you know the story, later on he'll go on to perform a miracle to feed them. But before that, he gives them what they really need. He teaches them. 
Jesus shepherds us today through his word. And I don't mean just the words of Jesus in the Gospels. I mean the whole Bible, since all of it ultimately has its origin with God. All of scripture is useful for helping us. And Jesus also shepherds us daily through his spirit. Galatians 4.6, Paul says this, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Jesus' spirit lives within us and is the, sorry, is the dynamic power by which he heals us, comforts us, strengthens us and warns us. We can be shepherded today through reading the Bible and through prayer. However, we must remember that we are a flock. Sheep are not meant to be solitary creatures, neither are Christians. This means we need to be part of a local church. Now, I don't know how to make the flock metaphor work with this, like are we a sub-flock or a sub-pen of the worldwide flock? I don't know, maybe you can figure that out. But what we, we can be sure of is that God in his wisdom has determined that his sheep will be cared for in local churches, particularly under the care of under-shepherds. Listen to how Paul speaks to the elders of the church in Ephesus. This is Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. The Holy Spirit raises up men to shepherd and oversee particular churches. This is God's model. In Ephesians 4, Paul says that God has given the church pastors and teachers. The word for pastors is literally shepherds because that's the Latin word for shepherd. In the farming world, a pastor, a pastoralist, is someone who physically nourishes animals. In the church, a pastor is someone who spiritually nourishes humans. And this picture is helpful because unlike a doctor, a pastor is supposed to be proactive. You know, we don't just sit back and wait until you are spiritually unwell and then you come and ask us for some help. We want to be feeding you now so that you don't become malnourished. This shepherding, it involves caring for the flock through teaching through godly oversight, through pastoral conversations, through discipline, through modelling uh, through modeling the Christian life. Yet, pastors and elders serve under Christ. In 1 Peter 5, Jesus is referred to as the chief shepherd. He's the boss shepherd. And this is important because Christ alone has the power to save people, to bring them to life spiritually and to grow them spiritually. You know, as much as a pastor or elder or Bible teacher or mature Christian can shepherd and care for other Christians, it's only the power of Christ that brings about true help and change. And so my chief role is to point you to Christ. I point you to his word. I pray that his spirit will be at work in you. I can't fix you, but I know the one who can. And related to this is the idea that Pastors and elders are also sheep. We're not perfect. We'll fail you at times. And we'll become proud or we'll wander or we'll struggle with our own sickness, sadness and wounds. So please pray for your leaders. 
keep looking to Christ as the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. Finally, Christ shepherds his flock through his flock. Yes, that's right. We can all play a role in the good shepherd's work. Listen to Colossians 3 verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. We can share Christ's words with each other. We can point one another to Christ. This can be as simple as sitting with someone to just hear their story, to hear how they're going. And then we can carefully think about a passage in the Bible and share it with them. And then we pray. Pray that God would answer the promises in that passage. Pray that God would help this person we're sitting with to, to be able to grow. You know, most of us aren't trained counsellors. We're not Bible experts even. So God doesn't expect us to do much more than just genuinely care for people and point them to Jesus. And listen to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. This reminds us that we can all do the work of warning and encouraging and helping sheep. And because we are indeed all like sheep, we have to be patient with each other, don't we? Well, let me close by asking two questions. First up, how are you going at being shepherded? Follow Christ every day and bring all your burdens to him in prayer. And also, you must be honest about your spiritual need and be willing to seek help from other people. You can always get in touch with your gospel community leader or one of the pastors or other elders. And if you haven't come to Jesus the Good Shepherd yet, then I urge you to do so for the sake of your own soul. And second question, how are you going at caring for other sheep? We're all part of the same flock, and so we should look out for one another. Be willing to offer support and care. We can help out practically. We can help out pastorally. Why not think about someone you could reach out to this week and offer some care to? Jesus is the good shepherd who gathers believers into his flock so that we might be cared for by him. So that means we humbly come to him and trust in his means for shepherding our souls. Let's pray. Our Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. We thank you that you have laid down your lives for us so that we might be restored to you, restored to our creator. Please help us to remember that we are sheep, that we are in spiritual need. And Lord, it can be hard to admit that we are needy, but please humble us to do so. Help us to sit under good teaching, to sit under your word, to heed your warnings, to receive your comfort and encouragement. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen all of those in our church who have some form of leadership role, who might be under shepherds, uh, who might have a, a yeah an active role in pointing people to Christ. And I pray that you would strengthen all of us to be engaging in the work of pointing one another to the good promises of Jesus and inviting and encouraging one another to find true rest in him. Amen.